Section seven of Confessions, volumes three and four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes three and four, by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section seven. What a change! but i was obliged to submit though i went to the seminary with about the same spirits as if they had been taking me to execution what a melancholy abode especially for one who left the house of a pretty woman i carried one book with me that i had borrowed of madame de varens and found it a capital resource it will not be easily conjectured what kind of book this was it was a music-book among the talents she had cultivated music was not forgotten she had a tolerable good voice sang agreeably and played upon the harpsichord she had taken the pains to give me some lessons in singing though before i was very uninformed in that respect hardly knowing the music of our psalms eight or ten interrupted lessons far from putting me in a condition to improve myself did not teach me half the notes notwithstanding i had such a passion for the art that i determined to exercise myself alone the book i took was not of the most easy kind it was the cantatas of clerambault it may be conceived with what attention and perseverance i studied when i inform my reader that without knowing anything of transposition or quantity i contrived to sing with tolerable correctness the first recitative and air in the cantata of alpheus and arethusa it is true this air is so justly set that it is only necessary to recite the verses in their just measure to catch the music there was at the seminary a cursed lazarist who by undertaking to teach me latin made me detest it his hair was coarse black and greasy his face like those formed in gingerbread he had the voice of a buffalo the countenance of an owl and the bristles of a boar in lieu of beard his smile was sardonic and his limbs played like those of a puppet moved by wires i have forgotten his odious name but the remembrance of his frightful precise countenance remains with me though hardly can i recollect it without trembling especially when i call to mind our meeting in the gallery when he graciously advanced his filthy square cap as a sign for me to enter his apartment which appeared more dismal in my apprehension than a dungeon 
let any one judge the contrast between my present master and the elegant abbe de gauvon had i remained two months at the mercy of this monster i am certain my head could not have sustained it but the good monsieur gras perceiving that i was melancholy grew thin and did not eat my victuals guessed the cause of my uneasiness which indeed was not very difficult and taking me from the claws of this beast by another yet more striking contrast placed me with the gentlest of men a young foussignorant abbe named monsieur gatier who studied at the seminary and out of complaisance for monsieur gras and humanity to myself spared some time from the prosecution of his own studies in order to direct mine never did i see a more pleasing countenance than that of monsieur gatier he was fair complexioned his beard rather inclined to red his behaviour like that of the generality of his countrymen who under a coarseness of countenance conceal much understanding marked in him a truly sensible and affectionate soul in his large blue eyes there was a mixture of softness tenderness and melancholy which made it impossible to see him without feeling oneself interested from the looks and manner of this young abbe he might have been supposed to have foreseen his destiny and that he was born to be unhappy his disposition did not belie his physiognomy full of patience and complaisance he rather appeared to study with than instruct me so much was not necessary to make me love him his predecessor having rendered that very easy yet notwithstanding all the time he bestowed on me notwithstanding our mutual good inclinations and that his plan of teaching was excellent with much labour i made little progress it is very singular that with a clear conception i could never learn much from masters except my father and monsieur lambercier the little i know besides i have learned alone as will be seen hereafter my spirit impatient of every species of constraint cannot submit to the law of the moment even the fear of not learning prevents my being attentive and a dread of wearying those who teach makes me fain to understand them thus they proceed faster than i can comprehend and the conclusion is i learn nothing my understanding must take its own time and cannot submit to that of another the time of ordination being arrived monsieur gatier returned to his province as deacon leaving me with gratitude attachment and sorrow for his loss 
the vows i made for him were no more answered than those i offered for myself some years after i learned that being vicar of a parish a young girl was with child by him being the only one though he possessed a very tender heart with whom he was ever in love this was a dreadful scandal in a diocese severely governed where the priests being under good regulation ought never to have children except by married women having infringed this politic law he was put in prison defamed and driven from his benefice i know not whether it was ever after in his power to re-establish his affairs but the remembrance of his misfortunes which were deeply engraven on my heart struck me when i wrote emile and uniting m gatier with m gem i formed from these two worthy priests the character of the savoyard vicar and flatter myself the imitation has not dishonoured the originals while i was at the seminary m d'aubonne was obliged to quit annecy moutou being displeased that he made love to his wife which was acting like a dog in the manger for though madame moutou was extremely amiable he lived very ill with her treating her with such brutality that a separation was talked of moutou by repeated oppressions at length procured a dismissal from his employment he was a disagreeable man a mole could not be blacker nor an owl more knavish it is said the provincials revenge themselves on their enemies by songs m d'aubonne revenged himself on his by a comedy which he sent to madame de varence who showed it to me i was pleased with it and immediately conceived the idea of writing one to try whether i was so silly as the author had pronounced me the project was not executed till i went to chambery where i wrote the lover of himself thus when i said in the preface to that piece it was written at eighteen i cut off a few years nearly about this time an event happened not very important in itself but whose consequence affected me and made a noise in the world when i had forgotten it once a week i was permitted to go out it is not necessary to say what use i made of this liberty being one sunday at madame de varence a building belonging to the cordelier which joined her house took fire this building which contained their oven being full of dry faggots blazed violently and greatly endangered the house for the wind happening to drive the flames that way it was covered with them 
the furniture therefore was hastily got out and carried into the garden which fronted the windows on the other side of the before-mentioned brook i was so alarmed that i threw indiscriminately everything that came to hand out of the window even to a large stone mortar which at another time i should have found it difficult to remove and should have thrown a handsome looking-glass after it had not some one prevented me the good bishop who that day was visiting madame de varence did not remain idle he took her into the garden where they went to prayers with the rest that were assembled there and where some time afterwards i found them on their knees and presently joined them while the good man was at his devotions the wind changed so suddenly and critically that the flames which had covered the house and began to enter the windows were carried to the other side of the court and the house received no damage two years after monsieur de bernet being dead the antoines his former brethren began to collect anecdotes which might serve as arguments of his beatification at the desire of father baudet i joined to these an attestation of what i have just related in doing which though i attested no more than the truth i certainly acted ill as it tended to make an indifferent occurrence pass for a miracle i had seen the bishop in prayer and had likewise seen the wind change during the prayer and even much to the purpose all this i could certify truly but that one of these facts was the cause of the other i ought not to have attested because it is what i could not possibly be assured of thus much i may say that as far as i can recollect what my ideas were at that time i was sincerely and in good earnest a catholic love of the marvellous is natural to the human heart my veneration for the virtuous prelate and secret pride in having perhaps contributed to the event in question all helped to seduce me and certainly if this miracle was the effect of ardent prayer i had a right to claim a share of the merits more than thirty years after when i published the lettre de la montagne monsieur freron i know not by what means discovered this attestation and made use of it in his paper i must confess the discovery was very critically timed and appeared very diverting even to me end of section seven recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey